Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be joined by Joni Carley. Joni is, oh, yeah, I can't even wait. You're um, absolutely amazing. Joni is the author of The Alchemy of Power, Mastering the Invisible Factors of Leadership. She is a co-author with Deepak Chopra and Jack Canfield of Stepping Stones to Success. She's contributed to Entrepreneur.com, Huffington Post Thrive Global, MSNBC. She's consulted and coached and spoken for any everywhere from small business owners like us all the way up to United Nations. Joni, thank you so much for joining us. I'm thrilled to be here, Seth. Thank you. Let's go back in time a little bit. How did you get started? Oh, my goodness. A path of many paths. <laughs> kind of following my, my gut to say that there's something more to leadership. There's something more to willfulness. There's something more to purpose. There's something more than getting the widgets out. And when things are grounded in that something more, well, this turned out to be a crapshoot, but it turned out to be true. So I, I staked my career on these premises long before the data backed it up. And now the data is very clear. We used to think that, that uh, pursuing things like purpose and values was inconsequential, fluffy stuff. And what we're realizing is nothing could be further from the truth. 100% to that. I know, obviously, we want folks to get the book and the other books that you've contributed to. But let's unpack your story just a little bit more. When did What is wrong with leadership today? Why do we need the alchemy of power? Why do we need something different? Let's not assume anybody knows anything. Yeah, well, you know, we've all been acculturated. We've all been born into the water we swim in. And that water has a set of understandings that if we just fight hard enough, if we compete enough, if we just get the data right, if we just get the income right, then all will be well. And uh, it's just not true. But a lot of us operate that way and it causes a lot of stress and it causes a lot of disruption in processes that turn into entropy, which is any energy lost from the system. And that's very costly. So go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. I go ahead. 
Yeah, so, so in the book, I use the terms yin and yang to help break this down. So the yang indicators, the, the profits, the share prices, the you know amount of people in the room or widgets in the production line, all of those are really important. Those are good things. I'm not saying in any way to step over them. I'm saying when only one side of the equation is attended to, there's an awful lot of uh, problems that can occur in the other side of the equation, which is not only unconscious for most of us, and left out of the entire leadership conversation, it's also the, the domain of causality. Things happen first in the realm of consciousness, right? First we conceive it, then we do it. And so consciousness is causal. So to take this whole realm of values and consciousness and culture, these things that occur below the radar, the radar so to speak, and, and just dismiss them, we don't only ignore them, we, we actually actively dismiss them as inconsequential. And that's like coming up to an iceberg that 5% of it is above the water, 95% of it is below. That's what I'm talking about is the 95% that really matters when your boat gets up close. <laughs> It sure does. So how do we as business owners, as human beings, how do we know? How do we realize? What are some signs that tell us, hey, something isn't quite right here and there might be a better way? Your gut. You know, I mean, that's part of the the uh, delusional nonsense that gets purveyed through through a lot of leadership programs is to set that aside. Right. Your gut information is yin data. And it's very valid data. It, it's extremely valid data. We just don't have as much understanding of it as we ought to, but we're getting more and more of it. And there's lots of studies. Of, the whole back of my book is tons of pages and pages of study references. This stuff is not coming out of the sky. And it's grounded in spiritual traditions. You ask about my background. I have trekked the entire globe, staying with shamans and being in uh, many indigenous teachers, many religions, uh, religious leaders. I've been with uh, in traditional religions, uh, with with thought leaders on uh, personal development and on potent, human potential, and and that's been my journey of of trying to find out what is this other area that is so grossly overlooked at everyone's peril because things are changing out there in the world and leaders are finding themselves blindsided by their own oblivion to this or their own dismissal of this whole realm of, of action. And as uh, millennials and, and further generations are coming on, they're not even tolerating a lot of the stuff that you and I took as normal right, coming into uh, this idea of leadership. And so the, even what we think of as leadership is starting to crack apart a little bit. And I think what I'm offering in my book is a way of looking at it that is more grounded in the actual data and not the mythology. I call it fluff mythology. This mythology that all this other yin, so-called yin elements are inconsequential. It, it's just not, there's nothing, no data whatsoever that backs that up. Why are you talking the book um, obviously about a much better way. Why do you think there's been such a, for lack of a better term, crisis of leadership? Well, every crisis, whether it's social or in, in, in an individual or in an organization, is first and foremost a crisis of consciousness. And so, again, leaders have been indoctrinated to believe that leadership is a very narrow slice of the human condition. And it just doesn't hold up. It, it held up in, in an old paradigm that's falling apart. 
And uh, so, it, but it, so it doesn't hold up anymore. That that idea doesn't. But it's still the way we're trained. It's the way we think leaders ought to be. It's that old stereotype of what leadership is. And we're finding that as leaders discover more about their own humanity, as they do their own personal homework, as they become more centered and grounded in themselves, all of a sudden, you know, that's why it's alchemy. Things happen. We used to think alchemy was just turning lead into gold. Well, that's a very narrow idea of what alchemy is. Alchemy is like you and I make the same recipe, but yours tastes better. A leader has the exact same uh, resources, equivalent human resources, equivalent quality of raw materials. One turns out garbage, the other one turns out innovation. And you know the garbage team is probably fighting. The innovation team is probably going out for a celebratory uh, drinks, right? So, so what's the difference there? And that's in this realm that I'm saying to leaners, ignore at your own peril because uh, the data is not on your side to ignore that, even though the cultural norms to this point are still on your side, but they're shifting very quickly and the ground beneath you is shifting if you're not cognizant of this. 100% agree with that. Why do you think that now, I mean, you talked about the crack. Why do you think people are more open to hearing this now? And, and this, the paradigm is starting to shift in the right direction. I think for a long time, probably since the 60s, maybe even since the 20s, there's been this kind of slow movement to where people are saying, you know, this can't be quite it. This can't be quite it. It doesn't quite do it for me. I'm, I'm not, there, there's something missing. There's something not quite right, right? I mean, even the word sustainability, like that's not quite right. Like if I bumped into you on the street, Seth, and I said, how are you doing? And you said, I'm sustainable. <laughs> I'd be worried about you right? that's a great point i never thought of it that way if there's nothing I, and sustain what you know and that's what people are realizing is this really what i want to sustain they may not be realizing that on a on a conscious level but people are realizing like there's a bigger picture here and my life goes better when i account for the how much bigger the picture is than the narrow slice i've been led to leave if i if i get horse blinders on i'll get to where i'm going well you might but there's likely to be some carnage along the way and it might be some of your own so it's really about, uh, you know, opening up to that. It is, it's a, it's a bigger conversation. Leadership is a way bigger conversation. In fact, the data is really clear that the person who's done the most values development in the room is the person with the most authority. That could be the janitor. But that's whose people are really, they may listen to you as the authority, as the, bo as the boss, as the leader in terms of a boss. But in terms of who's really got the authority in the room, Again, going back to your gut, who do you trust? And that's going to be the person who's done that personal homework, who's developed themselves as human beings, has that broader stance that they can take, that takes the time to step out so you can step more clearly in. That is beautifully said. That's a writer downer, folks, if you're watching or listening. So what you meant, and that was really interesting how you said the person who'd done the most values development, and it might be the janitor. How do you define values development? What does that mean to you? 
who has really examined and worked with their own values, stood their ground around values, developed their value. You know, I believe this and I'm open and we'll set this value aside while I uh, take in, stand under some other set of values because I appreciate, you know, somebody likes that, I like this. And, you know, and then maybe your own values kind of evolve into something that's a little more. So values occur, values reflect needs and they occur pretty much along the spectrum of Maslow's hierarchy. First thing we need is food. And, and that's the first thing with the business. In fact, this is something that I do as a consultant is we actually do uh, values. Uh, we, we measure values as a way of quantifying cultures so we can get the data on the culture because culture determines outcomes, period. That data is so in, there's no question about it, except that nobody's taking accountability for their culture. Even, and it's easy to do. It's a 20 minute online survey. So, it, and we can get clear data that can be tracked over time. So when people take the time and, and values are really good because they bridge this intangible with the tangible results. So what we look at is values on seven levels that pretty much reflect Maslow's hierarchy. From the, is there a profit? Are the lights on? Are people safe? You know, that's the bottom line. You're meeting payroll. I mean, that, that's just level one. Then you get into maybe level three best practices. Then you start to look at, are we, are we changing and transforming as an organization? Are we growing from within? Are we reaching out into the higher levels? And level seven is greatest good, looking at universal greatest good. And we tend to think of that as hierarchical. Like first I'll get just the payroll and all that. And to a certain extent, there's some argument for that. You want people, you know, you want things to be solid. But what we find is the more full spectrum an organization is, the higher their profits and their share prices are. So there's very clear data that, that, that says you want a full spectrum organization from as early on as possible. You may not be able to put as many resources into the, the higher, more ethical and all that, but you, you actually create some space for that and some understanding, especially for a leader, because a leader needs to be ahead of the game. They need to be you know, developing this or, or how they're going to lead. And what a leader has is cultural capital. They have, and, and you only have as much capital in people as you have with alignment with their values. Because to the extent that your culture is not reflecting or aligned with the values of the people walk in the door, they're gonna, to that extent, they're gonna hang a part of themselves outside on a hook before they come in. And so we can measure that in the data with uh, about uh, cultural quantification. We can see the entropy. We can see if you have 10 people working for you and you've got 50% uh, uh, entropy, then five of those people might as well have stayed in bed and you're still paying them. And we can do a lot of math with paychecks and how this shows up in specifics, you know, whether it's information hoarding or GASA, you know, there's different ways it shows up and that comes out in the values data. That is absolutely incredible. What inspired you to write the book? Um, and uh, the, the publisher contacted me. <laughs> that always helps. It was a big help. And, uh, you know, I had this lifetime of studies. And for so much of my career, I kept a firewall away from this spiritual consciousness exploration and the leadership development and the consulting and the, the United Nations work and all of that. And over time, the culture has changed. More and more people are recognizing the, the interweaving here. Less and less people are in this hardcore, young, dominant, you know, only this. You know, we're getting a, a sense that Man, there's more to life or we're not, we're not creating the world we want. 
And so people know that, and, and we're not on a track to get there. The, the UN Sustainable Development Goals are only 12% realized, and we're halfway to the 2030 goal. So, you know, as good as it is, and I'm a believer in that we do have a great UN that needs a lot of work and has its own problems, but it, it's a good place. You know, there's it is a crossover moment in time. We're we're really at a at a unique place in history. I believe we're in what some call a paradigm change, and we are really we've already tilted. We've already moved towards something. Something is arising, and that something has a very different grounding. It has a different set of of a different ethos, and that ethos is I want to be connected to people. I want to do well. I don't want to hurt the next guy. I want to have a, a, a business that doesn't pollute. I want to have a business that is considered a good community member. Those are relatively new considerations, but they're, they're, they pay off. And, uh, and they, they are markers of a new paradigmatic way of leadership. And that's really where I specialize is uh, advising and helping leaders get in that groove and it's so it's so natural it's what's in our hearts and souls you know it's what it's how people want to be so it's just getting to that access and and bridging that gap between what we've all been told and and raised to believe and I, you know i have a doctorate in this and i've written a book and i've contributed to another book called the holo movement that just came out on uh, the same kind of things and and I'm as acculturated as anybody else in, in, you know, we were born into the water we swim in. And so it takes an extra oomph. And that's part of why I wrote the book is how do we bring this all together into something that leaders can apply on the, this? Cause this is pretty heady stuff, right? But, but it needs application. And that's why at the end of every chapter, there are leadership reflection questions. So it brings down to what's on a leader's desk right now. And that's what I care about is how do we make this real? Absolutely. How did your work with the UN come about? I was just feeling um, the need to serve in a bigger way. I was uh, running a philanthropic foundation part-time and um, realizing that projects alone weren't going to get us there. There had to be something bigger. Um, right now, you know, everybody's talking about grassroots, which is good, like definitely fund and help the grassroots projects, but grassroots project, I mean, that's a lot of onus to put on them because they're all basically functioning in quicksand that's not set up for their success. So uh, so I was I was wrestling with issues like that. And I wanted to take my what I was doing with leaders in the private sector and apply some of that at the United Nations. And um, it's just been an amazing journey uh, that there was such a hunger. The first thing we started out with was visionary leadership dialogues for self-selected UN leaders. And it was just extraordinary who showed up in the room and what the conversations were about. And uh, so then that gave us some confidence that, that there was some, there was a there there to be worked on, which is bringing these, it's the same conversation. It doesn't matter whether it's a, a two-person office or the United Nations. To me, it's the same conversation. It's the same work. And the work is that values and culture lead values and culture are what determine outcomes. The, the condition, the consciousness of the leader is what determines the results of that leader and the experience that that leader has as well as the people working with them have along the way and the outcomes. So, um, you know, it was really just a, a longing to apply that in a way that would make a bigger difference.
Awesome. For our folks watching or listening that want to learn more, where is the best place for them to get the book and where is the best place for them to learn more about you? Amazon is the best place to get the book and it's just out in paperback. And uh, the to learn more about me, my website is joanicarley.com, J-O-N-I-C-A-R-L-E-Y.com. And on there, you can see issues. I think a good place to start with me is doing an assessment of your organization, doing a cultural assessment, get the data, and then we'll work on the data. Get, get a good picture of what's going on in, in a database that's values-driven values database assessment. And then you're working on real stuff because a lot of coaches and consultants and advisors come in from the blue and it's kind of, you know, chatting for a long time. And so I like hitting the ground running where we really know what's going on. We know it objectively because it's not just the, the leader feeding in. And then we can talk about that kind of development going forward. All right. Well, we greatly appreciate your time. This has been Seth Green with Dr. Joni Carley. The book is The Alchemy of Power. Dr. Joni, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Seth. Great to be here. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. We will talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727 727- 888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.